Hello and welcome to the IRSD Spotlight Podcast. My name is Dave Mall, and I'm here to introduce this new feature for parents, students, and community members to find out more about the inner workings of the Indian River School District. We hope this podcast will provide some useful information about the programs, events, and accomplishments happening throughout our district. We also hope to shed some light on some of the important topics impacting education in our community. We also hope to have a little bit of fun along the way. Um, It is now my pleasure to introduce the first ever guest in the IRSD Spotlight, and that guest is District Superintendent Dr. Susan Bunting. Susan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Dave. (laughs) Now, let's start. How long have you been the superintendent of the Indian River School District? This is my 10th year as Indian River Superintendent. Now, before that, you held a number of other positions in the district, including Director of Curriculum, correct? Right. I actually came to the district in 1977. I was a a middle school language arts teacher in this building when it was (laughs) Selbyville Middle School. Then I uh, left that position and became one of the first teachers of the gifted program. We started the Excel program in 78-79. And I taught the elementary students in that program. Um, Sometimes it had as high as sixth graders when they were part of the (laughs) elementary, but we basically dealt with first through fifth graders. Then I went to central office in 1991 as the supervisor of elementary instruction. I later became the director of K-12 instruction and then eventually became superintendent. Now, I also understand that you were a student here before it was even called the Indian River School District. Is that correct? That is true. (laughs) (laughs) I was a a student in the building when it had uh, no kindergarten, and it was a 1 through 12 building. I spent my entire school career here. And that was a a pleasure, too. It's fun to be back in the building where I have a lot of pleasant uh, childhood memories as well as teaching memories. Now, um, overall, what makes you the most proud to be the superintendent of the Indian River School District? I think I would have to give um, that that proud feeling to um, the reward that comes from working with the teachers and the students in community in a community instead of communities that I have always known and cared so deeply about mm-hmm. uh, it's a real pleasure to walk into a school and have um, a, again some long associations with that school and I know half the staff I know about their children I know their backgrounds um, it's really a team effort to uh, to work at what we set as goals each year and it's very rewarding to see collectively what we can accomplish for our students. Well, I have to ask, though, how challenging is it to oversee operations for a school district that has 16 schools and this year over 10,000 students? How challenging can that be? It's a worthwhile challenge. (laughs) I would have to say that uh, as the district has grown, we certainly have grown with it and We have to rethink at times what it is that we do and how we allocate our time, but it's it's a challenge worth doing, and it's something that um, I have to rely on members of the team to help me do. I do believe in being very visible, and so I try to visit all the classrooms in all the schools three times a year. I like to participate in as many student events or attend as many student events as I can, Uh, but it is a challenge. It's a challenge to fulfill our obligations uh, as far as the DPAS-2 system. It's a challenge to make sure that teachers have the best training they can to produce 
uh, the greatest lessons, the most influential lessons, and assure that our students are meeting the challenge. But as again, as a team, we can get this done. Well, one of those challenges facing the district right now is enrollment, enrollment growth and the space shortages that have kind of come along with it. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I certainly can. We've grown about 23% in the years that I've been superintendent. And we have passed that 10,000 mark. In fact, we've grown another 80 or 90 students since we took the official count in September of this year. Uh, we have the same buildings that we've had for a while. Uh, and we have, uh, we're very proud that we've used our buildings that have been constructed. We've renovated them, we've upgraded them as far as technology and the infrastructure so that we're using all of our old buildings. We have additional buildings that through the years uh, the public has supported us in building. And we've recently added classrooms to East Millsboro, North Georgetown, Long Neck, uh, two at Selbyville Middle, four at Philip Shaw, and we're completing eight classrooms at Georgetown Elementary. That will be the completion of a referendum plan, a capital improvement plan that we uh, began in 2013. But, but now, even, now we're yeah. out of space again. I was going to say, despite <laughs> despite that, despite we're still that. yeah we're still facing uh, uh, quite a bit of a space crunch. Now, what is the district doing to address that issue at this present time? We're taking a, a hard look at capacity numbers, at, at our student numbers. We're trying to project what our student population will be as we look at the next four or five years, because essentially from the beginning of a capital improvement campaign till the move-in day is about five years. So we're looking at that, uh, that span of time and trying to um, brainstorm how we're going to deal with the student population if it continues to increase at the rate that it has been. We started a futures committee in the fall. Uh, we have not only board members and administrators from the district, but a number of community members because we feel strongly that we need to partner always with our community in producing uh, the best educational experience possible. But members of the community, parents and community stakeholders that don't have children in the school district anymore can give us valuable insights as to what is needed, what might be supported. Uh, they look at things a different way and so it brings uh, added value to our meetings. Those meetings have now increased in number so that basically we're meeting every Monday night of the month with the exception of the Monday night that is the official school board meeting night. And we're brainstorming ideas. Um, we will finish some of that brainstorming <laughs> with a meeting next week, um, no official uh, futures committee meeting because our board meeting will be meeting to deliberate upon some of the ideas that have been put forth and trying to focus our ideas on a particular set of schools that we would be asking the public to eventually support via referendum. Well, that was, uh, was going to be our next question here. Will this eventually involve a referendum? If we're going to build buildings, whether it's extra buildings or additions to the current buildings, and in most cases we have built as many rooms as we can on most of our schools, that has to be supported by referendum. Our public uh, has to give us that support. 60% of a building project would be covered by the state, but 40% must be covered by our local taxpayers. To learn more about enrollment growth in the Indian River School District, visit irsd.net slash growth. Susan, thank you for being our guest on this very first episode of the IRSD Spotlight Podcast. It was my pleasure, Dave. We hope you've enjoyed episode one of IRSD Spotlight. New podcasts will be posted periodically throughout the school year. 
To access these, visit irsd.net and go to the podcasts link under the Discover IRSD tab. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District. Until then, remember that Indian River truly is a model of excellence.